Get ready. This is going to be the greatest year of your life. Come on. That Thursday night, we'll have, we'll have somebody else, uh, maybe me. I might do a healing night that night. So come on. Bring the blind eyes. Bring the lame. Come on. Come on. Somebody shout, I'm excited. That's, that's all the announcers. Now, now listen, it's already 10.05, and you're all saying, ready to say, i got to get out of here. How many of you at least give me 10 minutes to pray? All right. You guys wore out? You tired? Huh? You done? Okay. All right. Let me, let me get into this, and let's just see how far we can get. Joshua chapter 3, beginning with verse 1 through 4. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. This is just before they're, they're leaving the wilderness under new leadership, and they're, they're on the other side of the Jordan. The Jordan River is raging at this moment, and they're about ready to cross over into the land that God has promised them. They have waited 40 years for this moment. It is a land that God said, figuratively flows with milk and honey. The Bible speaking of this land, if you ever get into this land that I have for you, you'll never have scarcity in your life ever again. What kind of world would that be? Come on. Come on. And the Bible says that, 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 that our covenant is built on better promises. That if God provided a land of provision for them without the fear and the worry and all that other stuff, and then God's got something better for us. So they're on this side of the Jordan, get ready to cross over into the best days of their life. And so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall come out from your place, now hear this, and go after it and go after it. Hmm. Yet there shall be a space between you and about it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. Since, and hear this in your spirit, hear this in your heart, you have never been this way before. Verse 5 says, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Let, let me read the B clause of verse 4 again. It says, That you may know the way by which you must go, since you have never been this way before. I want to spend the remaining of our time ministering from this thought, you have never been this way before. Father, thank you for this moment. God, I pray that you would use me to, to be a mouthpiece, to speak the words of heaven, to release answers in this, this moment, in this space that can be life-changing. God, do, do, come and do what only you can do. 
God, we need help. God, I don't know how I'm going to get all this in. Would you help me to thread it together that what we need is spoken? That we can leave this, this altar today changed forever. God caused dead things to come back to life. God caused passion to come back to life. God, I come against a spirit of fear. I thank you for boldness and faith and authority to rise up within your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Thank you, Lord, for you are good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. I recently sensed in my heart, I talked about some of this this last week, so some of this is in review, but I sensed in my heart recently that God wanted me to spend some time going back through and reading and studying the book of Joshua. Uh, Again, the book of Joshua is a book about new beginnings. That's some good news because I'm believing for a new beginning. Does anybody need God to do something new in your life? Last week we talked about that, 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 that uh, God says, forget the things of old for I do a new thing, that God is in the business of doing new things. That, that's good news. God is in the business of doing new things. But he says something else that a lot of people don't uh, really understand or recognize that, that, that God not only does a new things, but he also says that in Revelation that he makes all things new. So not only does God make something brand new, but God can take the old thing <laughs> and make it new. He can take that jacked up marriage and make it brand. He can take those messed up finances and he can take the things in your life that are, that are messed up in your life, and once God gets involved in them, hallelujah, he can take it and make it new. Is anybody grateful that God is a God that can make all things, all things new? So this book is a book about new beginnings for a people that were actually, they were actually stuck in life. Man, there's some parallels here between what was going on with them and what's going on in the the modern-day church. Stuck. They were stuck in life. They had spent 40 years wandering around in a wilderness. Um, You see, God had promised His people a land of abundance. We just talked about that, a land of their own. They had not had that. And God had recently, miraculously delivered them out of uh, just horrific sl- slavery, delivered them from Pharaoh's uh, bondage. And through Mo- Moses' leadership, God begins to lead them on what should have only been an 11-day journey. It was 126 miles. Most scholars agree that that could have been accomplished uh, based upon what they, they, they've seen before in Scriptures in about 11 days. So God has 11 days from slavery 
to to a place of abundance, and they turned that into a 40-year journey, going in circles, wandering around because of their complaints, because of their mediocrity, because they could not trust God, because they could not believe God, because they would not obey God. Instead of taking an 11-day journey into their promise, they spent 40 years wandering around in a wilderness. And the biggest sin that caused them to wander around in the wilderness was their gossip and their complaining. Woo! A lot of people wandering in a wilderness because they can't keep their mouth closed. You'd be surprised what could happen in your life if you just shut your mouth. So, so 40 years, they're just completely, completely stuck in life, going in circles. I'm not talking to you. I told my wife, I feel like I'm going to preach to myself. I got up this morning. Maybe I'm just going to preach to myself again. So so don't be offended. Don't look at me that way. I'm just preaching to myself. But if the shoe fits. Come on. Has anybody griped the last two years? Has anybody complained the last two years? Huh? Has anybody had a potty mouth the last two years? No wonder why we're all wandering around in circles. Moses ends up dying with that generation, and God raises up a new leader, Joshua, to lead a brand new generation into the land that God has for them. The book of Joshua is really a sermon about how God took a people who were stuck in fear, stuck in doubt, stuck in life, and God empowered them with boldness and courage to possess the land that he had for them. Can I remind you that Joshua was not written for them? They're dead. The book of Joshua was written for you. The Bible's very clear that the things we read in the Bible were not written for them. They're all dead. It was written so that you could read it and you could read the example examples and that you could get instructions on how not to do what they did. The book of Joshua gives us spiritual principles on how we too can enter into the promises that God has for us. The book of Joshua lays out a roadmap to victory so that we too can advance into our destinies. I begin to read through the book of Joshua, and it didn't take me very long uh, to begin to realize why, why, why God wanted me to read through the book of Joshua. I got to Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, and all of a sudden, on the inside of me, God stirred in my heart what I believe is the word of the Lord for this church for this year. I want to read it again. Joshua verse 3, verse 5, chapter 3, it says, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow... The Lord will do miracles for you or among you. Let me read this out of the NIRV. It is one of the most accurate translations of this particular verse. Joshua said to the people, set yourselves apart to the Lord. Tomorrow he'll do amazing things among you. 
So again, like I did last week, let me give you, in a nutshell, what I believe the Word of the Lord is for this church, this house. Here it is. If you will give God your todays, then God supernaturally will be involved in your tomorrows. If you will give God your todays, then God will supernaturally be involved in your tomorrows. How many of you need God's supernatural ability involved in your tomorrows? You see, Joshua says, tomorrow God will do miracles. Joshua says, tomorrow God will do supernatural things. What What is miracles? God doing what you cannot do for yourself. So God says, tomorrow, God wants to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Does anybody need God to do something for you? But then Joshua, hear, hear this, Joshua then gives them instructions for the todays. Joshua tells the people, today, if you want your tomorrows, today, you've got to consecrate yourself. What is God saying here? God is giving an invitation to a better tomorrow. This whole verse is just absolutely an invitation to a better tomorrow. I I don't know why we wouldn't get excited about that. Most of you are frowning because you're stuck on today, and God says, hey, I got something better for you. I've got an invitation for you. I got an opportunity for you, and all you got to do is get your today right. Instead of crying and mourning and weeping and gossiping and complaining, if I could get you to consecrate yourself, I could do marvelous, miracles, supernatural things in your life tomorrow. You will never have a tomorrow of miracles if today you don't begin to consecrate yourself. This is a word for this house because we believe in the supernatural help of God. I'm here to tell you there is help for that problem. There is help for that marriage. There is help for those finances. There is help for that business. There is help for that job. I'm here to tell you God's help is available. And he's saying, come on in here. I've got an invitation to do something in your tomorrows. So God says, I'll do my part if you'll do your part. And that's always, that's always the problem, is God's always faithful to do his part, but God's not committed to doing his part until you're faithful to do your part. Oh, we all want miracles. We all shout, right? We all get excited. We all want supernatural help. But you mean I got to consecrate myself? I got to do something? That's the problem with the whole church. God says, I'll bless you financially but I'm not just going to give it to you. you got to tithe. Take a dime of every dollar, honor me and worship me, give offerings. Oh, I don't want to do that. No. People say, I I want encouragement. I want joy. You know what God says? Go to church. Oh, I don't want to do that. Football game's on today. The Bible says the whole purpose of this gathering is that he says don't neglect it, don't forsake it like, like, like the millions of people that are doing. He says, so that when you come together, there's encouragement. Do you know why Christians are the most depressed people on planet Earth? 
because they're doing Christianity by themselves. Depression, depression in the church is a root cause of not doing what God said to do. So God says, I'm giving you an invitation to do something supernatural in your life, and I'm going to do it if you'll do your part. It's an invitation to consecrate yourself. So let me, this, this is huge. This is huge that you, and I've got to slow this down. This is huge. If we're going to consecrate ourselves, then, then, then what in the heck does that mean? Because that's not a word that we typically use in our everyday uh, vernacular. Uh, so let me once again work on this definition, and then, and then we're going to take you somewhere. The word consecrate is, in the Hebrew language, is kadesh, kadesh. It means simply to be separated. Kadesh, kadesh. Everybody say kadesh. It means to be separated. This Hebrew word is not... Though it's so important. This Hebrew word is not about separating from something, but it's all about separating to something. So God says, I need you to consecrate. I need you to Kadesh. First and foremost, the thing you need to understand, it's about separation, but it's not about separation from something. It's absolutely separating unto someone. In other words... To consecrate means to be separated unto a holy God. This has to do with an inward devotion of the heart. This word isn't about separating from sinful things, so that's a good thing. It's not about separating from sinful things, but it's about a love for God that will cause sinful things to lose its desire. That was good right there. Let me continue to work on this. To consecrate means to be fully devoted to God in an intimate and exclusive relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. What does it mean to come? Because this is the invitation. This is your part. If you don't know how to do it, you'll never have miracles in your life. If you want miracles in your life, if you want help in your life, come on, don't make it spooky. If you want a better marriage, better finances, better kids, better family, better pastor, come on. Hello, better, better football team. Come on, am I talking to anybody here today? God says, I could do it all if you could just consecrate, but we don't ever dig into the Word to find out what that means, so we don't know what to do, so we never do it, and then we get mad at God because He's not doing the miracles. And I'm here to tell you, it's not God's fault, it's your fault. It's my fault. If we're not seeing the supernatural happening in our life, it's not, it's not on God's end, it's on our end. God is faithful. God is faithful to his promise. It means to be fully devoted in an intimate and exclusive relationship with God. That's what makes your relationship work. In fact, that's what makes my relationship with my wife work. Why? Because I'm married to this hottest woman on planet Earth, and I am intimate. Oh, Jesus. I... I am, uh, I'm devoted, I am intimate and exclusive in a relationship with her and only her. Now, I have a whole lot of other relationships, but they're not intimate and they're not exclusive and they're, they, they don't have my devotion. 
We don't have this prearranged thing where she gets 80% of me and, and, and somebody else gets 20% of me. No, to be consecrated means I got to give her all that I am. And she got, oh, Jesus, she got to give me all that she is. To be consecrated to God means that you're giving everything that you are. You, you are completely devoted in an intimate, and ex- there, there's no, in other words, let me just say, there's no room for any other lovers. That, that's what it means to be consecrated. Now, now, now hear me. Work on the definition, because this is a huge part of consecration, or to be consecrated. To consecrate is choosing. It is a decision to surrender wholeheartedly unto God. It's a decision. In fact, Joshua, later on in this, 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 this book, he, he describes this kind of consecration. He tells the people, because remember it says, consecrate yourself. Uh, so, so this isn't just Pastor Randy consecrating himself so you can get a miracle because you don't get no miracle if you don't do no consecrating. In other words, you've got to consecrate yourself to have the promise work for you in your home. And you want somebody else to do it for you so that you can have the benefits. God said, that don't work that way. So, so, so Joshua later on in the book describing what consecration is all about. In other words, it's a decision. Many of you remember uh, Joshua 24, 15. It says, he's, he looks at the people and says, hey, 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 choose this day. Make a decision. Come on, this back and forth, this complacency, this lukewarm garbage that you guys are doing, you need to make a decision. Oh, this day, whom you going to serve? And then he says this, but as for me and my house, but as for me and my kids, for me and my wife, we've already made a decision. We're going to consecrate. We're going to kadesh ourselves. We're going to serve and surrender ourselves completely unto God. To kadesh, to, to consecrate means that you are making a decision. It's, it's a a choice. Joshua is saying the, the smart choice is choose prayer over gossip. He's saying choose God's word over media. Choose God's news over the world's news. Choose God over money. That's where most people are stuck. Choose, choose God over money. Let me just, let me just get, maybe, let me go there. Choose God over your work. Choose God over your business. Is your business your God? Or is God your God? God? God has a business. God has a work. God has a job. God's got all kinds of things, but they're never to be your lover. And, 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 if, and if that's what you're in love with and that's what's calling the shots and you can't do anything for God and you can't come to church and you can't do anything for God and you can't come to, and you can't do anything and you can't do anything, are you with me? Come on. Hear me today. God says, I need you to come, and you're wondering why the miracles aren't happening and the help from God is not coming, and you might have money in the bank, and you might be really big, and you might have the house and the car and the, and the dogs and the, and the white fence out front, but, but you're miserable, and you're wondering, where's my joy and where's my peace? Listen, the world can't give you joy. The world can't give you peace. Oh, it can give you some money, but that doesn't mean it's God. The choice is I choose God over my business. I choose God over my work. I choose God over my job. And if I choose God, then he empowers me to succeed in my business, succeed in my job. Come on, to succeed in my life. 
But, but you've got to, you, this is this back and forth, serving your job, serving your business, serving the world, serving your leisure time. Am I really going here? Wish I could get some help today. Joshua says, listen, this half-hearted stuff's got to stop. We've got to consecrate ourselves. He says in John, Joshua 3, he says, he says, today God, he says, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow God wants to do miracles. And then later on he says, you guys aren't getting it. You need to choose. You need to make a decision. Today you choose whom you're going to serve. That's consecration. Choosing God's stuff over your stuff. This is a big statement right here. The whole goal of Kadesh is to be fully surrendered to God. I'm on a journey, and I have been for some weeks now, when God began to reveal this to me. I'm on a Kadesh journey. Because I'm not preaching this message to you. I'm preaching it to me. It's a journey to be fully surrendered to God. God says, if you will do your today's Kadesh, your tomorrows will be full of my mighty power. <laughs> to consecrate is the act of giving God. Here's the remaining thoughts on this definition. It's the, it's the act of giving God your full and complete attention. To consecrate is to be completely sold out to God. To consecrate is to be fully in pursuit of God. To consecrate is, is the desire to know and to seek after God. Somebody shout no. To consecrate is the desire, the passion, the hunger. I mean, really, do, what, why do we even have to beg people to do what God has already called them to do? Well, what, where's the passion and the love to just want to know? Like, really, i got to tell you to, to gift God? I, really, i got to tell you not to neglect the gatherings together so God can talk to us and God could do, God could do amazing things in our gatherings. Really, i got to tell you, you should, you should be on a pursuit. I've, Christians ought to be on a pursuit. I've got to know my God. To know. Why, why is this so important to know God? Daniel tells us why it's so important to know God. Daniel 11.32, it says, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. There, there's the promise in action. Daniel says, I know what it means to consecrate. He says, when you know God, then God uses your life to do great exploits in the earth. I'm here to tell you it's time for the church to do great exploits. The world is crying out for the church to be the church. It's crying out for the supernatural power of God. And the way we get there is to Kadesh. I'm on a journey to know him and when I know him, my life becomes the exploits of an almighty God. You know what we don't need more of? We don't need more cool church, trendy church. I mean, I like all that. It's, it's, it's all good. It has its place. But we don't need convenient, comfortable church. You know what we really need? We need a place where we can know God. We, we need a place where we can pursue and seek after, seek after God. As I was reading through this, this definition and working on this definition and, 
And just for myself beginning to try to really understand, God, God, if I'm going to go on a Kadesh journey, if I'm going to consecrate myself, I really need to know what I'm doing. And as I begin to break these definitions and look in the Hebrew language and, and, and break this all down, all I could hear in my heart is, is the heart of David. David was, was a man after God's own heart. But did you know David was a murderer? Did you know David was a rapist? Did you know David lied and cheated? In fact, if you look at David's life, he was a pretty messed up guy. I just got a thought. How many of you are thankful that God can take your mess? <laughs> I love it. He God takes so so he takes a David who has a messed up life and at, and then by the end of his life he becomes the man has a heart after God. This is what David said because David responded. What made him great is that David responded to the invitation of Kadesh. We see it in Psalms 27, verse 8. Let me go through some of these for you. Psalms 27, 8. David said, in fact, in Psalms 27, David is at a difficult point in his life. He's actually running for his life. He says this. He says, when you, talking about God, when you said... Seek my face. There's the invitation. Here's what David said. My heart said to you, your face I will seek. Let, let me read this out some other translation. Because God is giving us an invitation for the supernatural tomorrow. If we will Kadesh today, then God will do the supernatural things in our lives in the tomorrow. And David knew this, and this is why he said this out of the Passion Translation. It translates it this way. He says, he says David says, I heard your voice in my heart say, come and seek my face. Here's David's response. He says, my inner being responded, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. Why was David a man after God's own heart? Is because he said yes to the invitation of Kadesh. He said yes to the invitation to consecrate himself, to, to, to remove all other lovers, and to say, God, I'm in pursuit of you and you alone. I can enjoy the other things. I can enjoy my football. I can enjoy my leisure. I can enjoy my house. I can enjoy my nice car. In fact, God will give you the best of everything, but it cannot be your God. I should get more response than that. Come on, Tom, come back to the piano. Help me out. I think some people are falling asleep here. I think, I think a lot of Christians would be better Christians if you take their money away. If you took their house away and their cars away and their jobs away and their business away, I think they'd be, in fact, in fact I, I said, God, do you want me to start praying, praying for people to be cursed? Come on in here. I'm not done. Be a bad time to leave me now. I pray every day for this church. I have been in countless businesses over the 28 years of ministry. Pastor, would you come? We're starting a business. Would you come and, and pray for our business? We're going to dedicate it to the things of God. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. Every day of my life, I'm praying for the people of this church. That's my responsibility. You know what I pray? Go, oh God, that you has blessed them. Now, for years, that's all I prayed. God says, that's not correct. 
He says, you change that. He says, pray that, you, that I'll bless them to be a blessing. So I say, God, I, I pray for the people that called me their pastor, the partners of this ministry. God, I pray that you would bless them to be a blessing. I pray the Jabez prayer was over you. I said, God, that you would enlarge their territory, that you'd give them greater influence. God, in their jobs, in their businesses. God, 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 let them meet people today that can take them places that they could not go by themselves. God, I pray for them. I said, God, that your hand would be upon them, that your power, that your protection, that your healing, that your deliverance, God, that your hand would be upon their homes, their families. It's the third part of the prayer. The fourth part of the prayer is, that God, that you would keep them from evil. To keep them from destruction. And then the last part of that prayer was what Jabez's prayer is, 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 is don't let me cause pain. I, I pray that over you. It's part of the part, of the part where God, God, keep them from evil. In other words, God, don't let them do something stupid that's going to bring a reproach to their family and their home and their city and their community. And I really pray that hard over my life. God, may I never do anything stupid that would bring shame to the gospel. Bring shame to the people that I lead. Oh, Jesus. And I caught myself the other day. I said, God, God, it seems like the more I pray for people to be blessed, the more people get blessed, the less I see them. They used to be in church all the time. Used to tithe, used to give. But it seems like the more people get blessed, it's like, oh, I ain't got time for God anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm busy. I, you know, I got to work today. I got to do this today. You know, there's a game here. You know, I got to go golfing over here. Gotta, and there's nothing wrong with all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just trying to help somebody. And, and I said, God, the more I pray, the, the more blessed they get, the more it seems like you're not even a part of their life. And it never fails. That life begins to crumble. Oh, they may have the car, the house, the money but the marriage starts suffering. The kids are acting like hell. The enemy is in that family. The enemy is in that home. The enemy is bringing destruction. Things are being stolen and stealing, and the enemy's killing. Why? Because there's not the protection of God. They, they, they begin to be blessed by God, but then they ran from God and had no time for God. What, what are we saying? They're not Kadeshing. They're not consecrating themselves to God. And God says, if I'm going to do the supernatural in your life, you've got to stay devoted to me every day of your life. And that's what David is doing. He's, he's running for his life. He said, God, I need your help. And he says this in the New Living Translation says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. It's an invitation, and David's response, my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. The Lord said, come talk. If you ever get quiet enough, God, God will tell you to do the right things, and uh, I need you to come talk. I, I need you to be there. I need you to give this. I need you to do that. And David's response to the invitation was always, Yes, the, new, the NCV says, my heart said to you, go worship him. So I come to worship you, Lord. I love the, the TV version, which is the voice. The prodding of my heart leads me to chase after you. God, there's something, there's an invitation. That, that's what I want you to catch today. There's, this, this is a review, but there's an invitation. God says, Kadesh, Joshua, consecrate, tell the people. To consecrate 
See, here's the, here's the problem. This is the reason why I get into people's business. I can't fix your problems. If I could fix your problems, we could just forget this God thing. And we just go have whatever you call fun. But the problem is, is I can't fix it and you can't fix it because it takes supernatural help. And the only way to get the supernatural help is we got to go Godward in complete consecration. We must Kadesh ourselves, have no other lovers. And God says, when I'm your only lover, then I'm committed to your tomorrows. I'm committed to the supernatural help in every aspect of your life. Are you hearing the invitation today? Pastor, I can't believe you're asking us to do all that in the month of January. Are you hearing the invitation to, I can't believe you're coming, you know, you're getting on to us about church attendance, about giving and time. Well, well hang on, We're, we, ain't, we ain't done yet. There's the rest of the year. David said, the prodding of my heart there's something going on on the inside of me. And I, I, I pray, I pray, oh God, help this to hit this church. I pray there's something going on on the inside of you. I pray that there's a the prodding in your heart that's saying, chase after God, chase after God. Don't chase after every, don't chase after everything else. Chase after God. I pray you hear that invitation. And your response is, I'm seeking you. I'm chasing after you. I'm out of time. I got more. see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits. It was a half a mile. Why did, them, why did they not, why did God not want them to come close to the Ark of the Covenant? It's a box. It's a chest. Just a, just a small box. You have some two to three million people. If you get too close to it, the other people can't see it. So everybody had to back away about a half a mile so that two to three million people could see it. Because God says, I need you to get your eyes on the box, and I need you to go after it. So celebration, those online, God's saying, I need you to get your eyes on the box, and I need you to go after it. If you'll Kadesh yourself today, I will do the supernatural miracles tomorrow. God says, I need you to get your eyes on the box, and I need you to go after it. I need to make sure there's enough space that people don't cover it up, back away. I, I need you to see it clearly. He says, do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Hear it today. God is getting ready to take you to a place you've never been. Oh, my goodness. That is the best news I have heard in two years. Oh, how I need to. If, 
I'm, I'm going to close with it, but, but this was the assignment. If I can, if I can, oh, if I can take your head off and put this in you and put your head back on, if I can get this in your heart, what I'm talking about right now, if I can get this into you, well, what is God saying? Hey, you don't have a reference. You, you don't have any clue to what I'm about to do in your life. God is saying, you've never been here before. It's nothing like you've been through. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. The things that God has prepared for his people, you haven't seen it yet. You haven't experienced it yet. You have not been there. The Bible says he can do exceedingly abundantly above all. Come on, somebody help me. God says, I could do exceedingly abundantly above all. Come on, come on, we're in a little overtime. We're in a little overtime. Come on, I know some of you, you like overtime football. Come on, we're in overtime. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all. God is saying, Joshua, 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 what I'm getting ready to do with this two to three million people, I've never done it before. They've never been here before. I need them to go after the box. I need them to get their eyes on the box because I'm getting ready to blow their mind. Their tomorrows are going to be greater than their yesterdays. If I can get you to cadash yourself, if I can get you to consecrate yourself. He said, he says, you've never been this way before. Just, just, just pause for a moment. What, what? Come on, let yourself go there. I know there's a lot of grief. I know there's a lot of pain. I know there's a lot of trouble in your life. I know there's a lot of things going on. But can you just for a moment turn all that off and just for a moment dream with me? Come on, those online. What, what kind of possibilities could be awaiting you in your future? God has help you've never seen. God has resources you've never experienced. God has provision that you've never seen. God has opportunities, come on, that you've never had. God has stuff you've never seen. And God has new relationships you have never experienced. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping this up. It'd be, it'd be horrible for me to hang up on you. It's very rude to hang up on people. I'm, I'm looking for a place to say goodbye, and I'm, I'm about there. You know why this is so real to me? I know all your professional Christians and cousins to Jesus, and you're all good and all that. Life is wonderful. God recently corrected me on something. He said, Randy, you keep trying to revisit what I've already been in your life. He says, your biggest problem right now is you keep trying to revisit what I've already been in your life. God told me you need to quit saying, I'm going back to that. I'm going back to this. It's so easy to fall in love with yesterday. <laughs> it's the reason why some of you listen to the, the 50s and the 60s on your XM radio. So easy to fall in love with yesterday. You, you know, we call it the good old days, right? But God does not want you to live in the good old days. 
because those days are not as good as the days that God still has for you. You, you see, when you fall in love with your yesterdays, you fail to pursue the God of today. You, you know what God told me? He says, you want to really know how I see your yesterdays? He says, I see them as wilderness wanderings. What in the heck are you trying to go back? You've never been this way before. There's stuff you've never experienced. There's things you've never had. There's opportunities you've never, oh, come on. What if you could allow, if you could ever get past that pain, if you could ever get past that torment, if you could ever get past that fear, if you could ever get past this sickness, if you could ever get past that disease, if you could ever get past that loneliness, and just for a moment, allow yourself to dream of the possibilities of what God could do in your life tomorrow. God says, you've never been this way before. I'm here to tell somebody, if you'll get this in your heart, it'll change everything about your life. What is that? Just knowing that God has more. Huh. Just awakening with the revelation that God has more. Just realizing that God has more for my home, for my marriage, for my family, for my church, for my bank account, for my job, for my... Just realizing that God, you don't know what that does for me. I'm trying to revisit the days of the past. Shoot me in the head now. Don't look at me that way. That's why people are blowing their brains out. But if there's a possibility of something more that I have not experienced and God's in it, you know what happens? It gets me out of bed in the morning. Come on, you want a reason to live? You want a reason to live? Come on, you have not been this way. Come on, you have not been this way. Come on, stand to your feet. You know how to get out of your funk right now? You know how to get out of your depression right now? You know how to get out of your sadness right now? You know how to get out of your discouragement right now? Come on, you need to start allowing yourself to dream that your tomorrows can be better than your yesterdays, that God is still God, He's a miracle-working God, and that if you'll condense yourself, if you'll consecrate yourself, you've got better days ahead. You haven't seen anything yet. Come on, I wanna hear a roar in this place. got to get our shout back. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm closing. Uh, listen, I'm not doing this every week, but you just got to allow me this, these few weeks to just get us going. To just get us going. Ah, there's something new in the air. There's a new start, a new beginning, and God's going to take old things and make them new. But I'm calling a church to Kadesh. I'm calling a people to devote themselves in intimacy to one and only one. Be his lover. He says, Joshua, tell the people that I have tomorrows that will blow their mind. I have things in store, them, store, for, in store for them that's going to shock them 
beyond measure. I have, I have things that eye has not seen, ear has not heard. I, have, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever think or ask. If you could ever start dreaming again, if you could ever start believing again, if you'll ever allow yourself to dream of the possibilities of your tomorrows, you know what it'll do? It'll get you out of your bed. It'll get you out of your depression. It'll get you out of your tears. It'll get you out of your mourning. It'll cause you to want to grab a hold of the plow and say, God, let's, let's go. I'm on this journey. What in the world is ahead of us? I wonder what's going to happen on Monday. It's Miracle Monday. I wonder what's going to happen on Tuesday. It's Miracle Tuesday. I wonder what's getting ready to happen on Wednesday. I'm here to tell you, it's Miracle Wednesday coming. The supernatural hand of an almighty God doing what we cannot do for ourselves. Just so you know that I'm, I'm not scattered and haven't lost my mind. He says, he says, uh, go after that box. Get your eyes on the box. Joshua, get your eyes on the, get, get your eye. It's, it's the Ark of the Covenant. It's a chest. It's, 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 it's the Ark of the Covenant. It's the Ark of the Covenant. Do you know what the Ark of the Covenant is? It's, it's God's relationship with man. It's, it, it represents his presence dwelling with man. Oh, oh my God. Oh. See, we treat like this is nothing. This is no big deal. This is a huge deal. They would have given anything to have what we have. We have the presence of God in us. God says to Joshua, you want me to do some great things in your life tomorrow? He says, you haven't been here before. You haven't experienced before. You've never had a church service like I'm getting ready to do. You've never experienced a church like I'm building today. He says, get your eyes on the ark and go after it. He says, that's how you're going to know. Because how do you know if you don't know? How do you know what God is doing if you don't know? God says, I have a place that you don't know. You've never been here. So how do I know if I don't know? It's a great question. God says, go after the box. That's how you're going to know. How are you going to know what God is doing in your marriage? How are you going to know what God's doing in your kids? How are you going to know what the next job, the next business, the, the next idea? How are you going to know the next step to take in your life? Here's how you're going to know. You're going to go after the box. You're going to get your eyes on the box. What's the box? It's his presence. It's your devotion to who he is. It's your lover. It's who he is. And the Bible says that God told Joshua, when the box moves, tell the people to move. I'm here to tell you, when the box moves, then... Ah. Get your eyes on the box. In that box was the tablets of stone that Moses... It was the first five books of the Bible. It was, it was God's Word. In that box was... Uh, a pot of manna, the manna that God fed the children of Israel in the wilderness. In that box was, was Aaron's <laughs> budding rod. It was, a, it was a dead stick that blo blossomed into a flower because people were arguing about who God was going to use. And God says, I'll show you who I'll use. That's a whole other message. God says, get your eyes off your business, off your work, off your favorite sports team, off of social media, off of social media, off of social media, 
and get your eyes on on the box. And when the box moves, get your eyes on the box. Get your it's my presence, my relationship with you. Get your eyes on the get your eyes on on the what was eyes on the box. It's the manna. You know what the manna represents? That's God's provision. Get your eyes on God's provision. Hell, you, you know what the, 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 the budding stick, the budding rod represents? It is the supernatural work of God. Get your eyes on the stick that actually had a blossom out of. How do you do that? My work can't do that. My money can't do that. My car can't do that. My activity can't do that. But the box can do that. Oh, come on. Get your eyes on the Word of God to stand in truth. God says, here's how you're going to go where you've never been before. He says, when you see that box move, that's my relationship with you. Go after it. God has promised if we will consecrate ourselves, He will do miracles in our tomorrows. I sense your best days are ahead. Do you believe that? Lift your hands to heaven. Now we got our eyes on, got our eyes on the box, the presence. God, we get our eyes on your word, the truth. God, we get our eyes on your supernatural ability. God, we get our eyes on your provision, not, we, not what we can do for ourselves. But God, we're not looking for a, another government bailout. God, our eyes are on you. God, we make a fresh commitment today as a church to consecrate ourselves, to, to gadash ourselves, to, to devote ourselves to fully surrender ourselves to who you are. And God, just like they in physical form, to show us in spiritual form, just like they chased the box, God, I pray that you would raise up a church that chases your presence, that chases your provision, that chases after your supernatural, your health, your provision, make that commitment today. And Lord, I declare over your people that their tomorrows, their tomorrows are full of the supernatural power of Almighty God. God, do a new thing. Make all things new. <laughs> oh, Father, take those old things, those, those painful things, work it out for their good. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 